Hey guys, Mubarak here. If you're at all interested in crypto trading, investing, and figuring out what are the best altcoins to invest in now, check out altcoinresearch.com. We just launched our new course that goes through the A to Z, regardless of your background or experience. And I know you guys are going to love it, so go check it out. Hey guys, Mubarak here of Altcoin Research. Hope you're doing well. In this episode, I want to lay out where we are in the crypto markets as of you know midway through 2022. You know, we had a crazy year, you know, finally recovering from COVID, but now the market is crashing. And, you know, the first half of 2022 has been pretty much as eventful as they come, right? You have some crazy things going on in the geopolitical and global macro situation with supply chain issues. You have this inflation issue going on. You have another crypto winter going on, even though it's summertime. And, you know, really, it's, it's interesting to see what's going on. So I want to lay down some kind of facts of where we're at uh, for those of you guys who don't follow things as, as, as much and then go into kind of the crypto world and, and where it stands and where I see it going in the second half of the year. So, you know, looking at overall 2022, we know economic conditions have really worsened since the start of the year, right? You got super high inflation, you got high commodity prices, gas, uh, shipping, uh, tightening monetary policies, you know, the interest rate is now shooting up. So, Whereas like 2020 and 2021, we printed $10 trillion and everything was kind of skyrocketing um, in a good way. Things were going up. Now we're seeing that, you know, U.S. stocks have recorded their worst first half of the year in more than 50 years. All right. More than 50 years. That's pretty insane to think about. And now the S&P 500 index fell more than 20 percent and just in the first half of the year. And the Nasdaq fell about 30 percent in the first six months of 2022. So if you look at all the different sectors in, in, in the industry and in the economy, really only energy stocks performed well during the period. And um, whereas, you know, consumer discretionary, all that performed the worst. So crypto, of course, was not spared from the market downturn. And we've seen some massive crashes. We've seen un some unfortunate um, massive exchanges and lending platforms like Celsius go pretty much bankrupt with billions of dollars of, of, of customer holdings. So it makes it really cautious and it makes it really interesting to know what's going on. And so I want to talk about different areas of the crypto markets. Um, and so let's just start with layer one. Okay, so layer one protocols, of, again, are the basics of the massive platform. So think Ethereum, think Bitcoin and um an important metric to know is called TVL, total value locked. And that's essentially what the market share or how much monetary value is, meaning money, is invested into these holdings. So like how many people are invested into Ethereum or how many people are invested into different types of layer one. So um, overall, you know, Ethereum market share has fallen. BNB, Binance's market share has fallen. Now, it is important to note that BNB chain has had one of the most resilient and stable performances of all in 2022. So, you know, even though Binance, I know, is not at least me personally, I don't really look at it much from like a person uh, being a U.S. citizen. Like it's just tough to use Binance because the U.S. Binance platform is not it, it gets better every day. So it's definitely something you should keep in your arsenal. But it's really more useful for like internationals. Um or just people outside the U.S. But um, 
the big story in the room, of course, in terms of Ethereum is like the whole Ethereum merge has been talking about for a while. So it's finally going to be, you know, it's probably going to happen in the next few months, probably early like Q4. And the test nets of mergers have been successful. So there's a there's something called a main net merge, which is really going to change the entire platform. Um, and so it, it's going to be really interesting to see how that goes. And then on, on the flip side, you have BNB. So that has had a slight growth, uh, but you know, with new product innovations, BNB has kind of been able to kind of stay in, in the game. And then you have things like Avalanche and the story of like the subnets, right? So really it all stems from Ethereum's gas fees. That's a major problem in, in, in the cryptocurrency markets of like, obviously people still use Ethereum a crazy amount, but it's gas fees are, are problematic. And then you have Solana's outages. So it, it shows how important scaling solutions have become, right? So there's a concept called like optimistic or zero knowledge rollups. Um, and instead, there's cryptocurrencies like Avalanche that have different uh, incentive programs to help develop subnets. And it's basically a utilization that's going to be more important for like crypto gaming overall. So like subnets, they have a few benefits, right? So similar to rollups, the subnets allow you to pay your gas fees in other ways. And so this is all more important for essentially developers as a whole. And so, you know, the the first half there is, is pretty incredible. Like we we lost Terra as a stable coin, right? So the de-pegging of Terra's uh, stable coin with UST was probably one of the most impactful events in crypto this year. And it, it moved the old Terra layer one protocol out of it and it introduced Terra two, but then now UST has kind of gone to zero. So it's really pretty crazy, crazy to think about what happened there. And then if you take it another layer to layer two, these are what you refer to as like the scaling solution. So again, I, what I, the example I like to give is that as like layer one, you have like Shopify or Google Chrome, right? So a lot of people use it. There's a bunch of stuff involved with it. Um, and that's the kind of layer one solution. But then layer two for Google Chrome would be like the Google Chrome apps or extensions or plugins, right, that you can install. And then for Shopify, be like the Shopify apps that you can use. So those are like what we refer to as like layer two solutions. And so it's what kind of what developers have built on top of these initial layers in order to kind of increase optimization, decrease gas fees, you know, create easier systems for users to really kind of pick it up. So I think the most interesting thing we're going to see is uh, from like an airdrop perspective, like the market caps for L2 has kind of decreased, but there's going to be some upcoming tokens coming up that I think would be important to follow. And overall, you know, the run has been so hot in the last couple of years, but it's lost a little bit of steam. So what you're going to basically the mentality to take a look at now is that, all right, cryptocurrencies have shot up. There's a lot of pump and dumps. There's a lot of scheming going on. And so now it's a matter of still understanding that it is true pump and dumps, right? A lot of the scamminess and scheminess is going out of the industry, but still for crypto traders, it's important to recognize where the market is so you kind of understand what's going on, right? Um, what we're going to see, I believe, because of the f things like the crash of UST, there's going to be a lot of 
regulation and criticism for like algorithmic stable coins. Right. So stable coins were any of those cryptocurrencies that like only had a dollar of one. I mean, a value of one. And they were usually pegged, meaning like they were supposed to be matched or they were influenced by something else. So, for example, like the U.S. dollar, um, because it's a currency, that's what UST or Luna or Terra was kind of pegged to. So it would always be the equivalent of a dollar. That was, of course, until it actually crashed and, and did not occur. So that's something to kind of recognize. And then within all of this, we still have DeFi, right? Decentralized finance, which has been on a very interesting journey since the uh, peaks of like 2020 DeFi summer. And so there's already been a ton of tokens that are in the bear market, but you still have the developer ecosystem and builders dedicating their time to building the new financial systems of the crypto world, right? So obviously the traditional finance sector is a multi-trillion dollar industry. That's why you have these companies and investors still pouring money into DeFi platforms. And even though scalability is somewhat limited due to high transaction fees that you've seen, there's still kind of a macro kind of boom for, for DeFi and what we're going to see there. So I would kind of put in decentralized exchanges into that as well, because it's a kind of important to know kind of these types of platforms that aren't kind of just owned by a certain company. So like a centralized exchange, almost you can think of like Coinbase, right? It's still a company behind it, but a decentralized exchange is something that has no kind of central core company. And so I would say like Curve, for example, is the largest decentralized exchange in DeFi. And so Curve is an AMM, meaning Automated Market Mover Based Dex, which focuses its attention on stable coins. Um, so it has lower fees, things of that nature. And then it has integrated with certain top cryptocurrencies like Compound, Yearn Finance, Synthetics, and it has a DAO with this Curve token to kind of start helping and sort of kind of leading the space there. But between that, I would probably say that the other large ones are Uniswap which is also an automated market maker, which we'll talk about, you know, why that's relevant in another episode. But, um, you know, and then you have Pancake oh, Swap, um, which has always kind of been expanding its product offering. It has yield farming um, and other features, which really what it's been kind of credited to. So those are what I would say is the kind of the most important kind of updates happening. The, the, the last few features I, I'd want to touch upon is kind of the lending and staking aspect of DeFi. All right, because that's where the majority of activity is going on in the market. So if you're looking at like the whole crypto market as a whole, um, we we're going to take a look at some of the giants of the sector like Aave, Compound. And really, I, I would say one of the most original and reputable projects is the MakerDAO. Um, so... It, it, it's kind of one of the most important projects in the space. And without going into too much detail, you know, the Maker DAO or the Maker Protocol has what's called the DAI stable coin. That's D A I. And it's also a decentralized Ethereum token. It's pegged to the US dollar. Um, and it's essentially generated by depositing collateral into a vault. And so I don't want to get too technical with it. It's just important to kind of understand that from a loan perspective, uh, MakerDAO, Aave, and Compound are some of the most interesting in that kind of lending yield um, type of situation. So 
that's kind of as a whole something to understand. Now, I, I just want to touch upon NFTs as well, because, um, you know, for, for skeptics or people new, it's obviously hard to wrap one's head around around why so many people are paying thousands of dollars for like a cartoon JPEG or why people are spending so much time on Discord trying to get these like whitelist bots, right? So, um, you know, so if you want to learn more about like the beginner basics of all of the terminology, then, you know, check out altcoinresearch.com. We have tutorials that go over the basics. But, you know, on, on a whole, obviously we've seen NFTs. They've enabled the possibility of digital ownership and the so have supported the evolution of Web 2.0 to Web 3.0, right? So where... You have a lot of people spending a ton of their time on trying to understand what NFTs are. The surprisingly, even though there's been a sharp decline in trading volume just recently in June, the NFT market was still very, very strong in the first half of 2022. So NFT sales, if you kind of added them all up, there was more than $17.5 billion of transactions going on, which that's a 10x growth on a year over year basis. So regardless of, you know, people talking about issues with NFTs or what's going on, it's NFTs have had a very strong price performance and now the prices have crashed or so, but still the amount of volume and activity and involvement in it is, is pretty crazy. And so just overall, like we've seen a ton of interesting activity going on, like with various platforms like OpenSea, they were acquiring different kind of wallet companies like Dharma Labs in January. Then you had, say, OpenSea acquired an NFT marketplace, I think, in April. That was a gem. Uh, and then you have some other Solana NFT marketplaces like Magic Eden in June, just recently raising over $130 million, even in this kind of skeptical market economy that we're facing. So like that pegged them as a unicorn at, with a valuation of $1.6 billion. Um, and then you have Uniswap acquired an NFT marketplace aggregator called Genie. Even eBay got into this space and acquired another NFT marketplace called Known Origin. So there, there's just still a crazy amount of investing and, and kind of NFT aggregation going on in the space. So uh, hopefully that makes sense. I do want to kind of end it here because there's a whole nother episode I want to do on crypto gaming and how you can start investing there successfully. So Hopefully this helps as kind of an overall state of the market um, entering now into the second half of 2022. So as always, if you guys do have any questions, feel free to reach out to me at info at altcoinresearch.com. Hope to hear from you guys soon. Take care.